this, along with every episode of According to Flint, brought to you by Pendleton Whiskey. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, a whiskey that captures that unique spirit in every bottle. A whiskey made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood glacier water. A whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That is Pendleton Whiskey, and that's true Western tradition. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Well, welcome to episode number 68. According to Flint, we're calling this the We Walked in the Studio and Turned the Camera On episode. Uh, Thanks to our friends at Pendleton Whiskey. Of course, we have not had any today, and we probably should... So we're about to get started, and with me this week, Matt West, Lucas Teodoro, who are you? Cody Webster, guys that have a lot of great Montana Silversmiths buckles on their uh, cabinet, wherever, in their homes. So before we get our conversation started, quick word from our friends at Montana Silversmiths. Since 1973, the art of engraving brings to life the artistry that Montana Silversmiths is known for and is fueled by a passion for the Western lifestyle. Montana Silversmiths' buckles and jewelry are more than accessories. They are stories, stories of moments and memories shared through the giving, receiving, and earning of Montana Silversmiths' buckles and jewelry. Celebrate what matters with Montana Silversmiths. Welcome once again, episode number 68, the walk in the studio and turn on the camera episode. Welcome to our live studio audience. Joining me on this episode to talk about, we have no idea what, Matt West, Lucas Teodoro, and the one and only C-Web himself, Cody Webster. Uh, I'm not lying. Uh, I do. You can ask around. I I prep quite a bit for podcasts because I owe it. I owe it to the people. You know, right. to be prepared. I'm sincere on the, we just walked in, sat down, and turned the cameras on. So whatever, you, you know. Can I start? What, whatever I, we I, say applies. We've just been running around with Uncle Flint all day. Yeah. Like, uh, I'd like to point out the fact that you acknowledge the studio audience, the live studio audience. Nothing. No response. No round of applause. They're, they're, uh, nothing. We'd like to welcome to According to Flint, the live studio audience. So, See? should explain the situation when the, as we record this, not as it airs. So, if we reference things and it feels like something's missing, we are a day removed from the end of the Billings uh, PBR event, the, the PBR's longest running uh, elite tour, 20, 27, 28 years, something like that, and smallest market of the main tour. And so. An extra day in town as we go. I think the last few weeks of the of the season are a little grueling. Three days in Billings. We do four days. We're at, we, again, as we record, Everett, Washington, Tacoma, Washington. Then I'm headed to Clovis, California, and then to Louisville. Uh, this, it's a lot right now. It's a grind. It's a, and we're not having to get on the bulls every week. I mean, we're having to run from them, but. The end of the day, I mean, it is uh, it's a grind right now. You see a lot of three day events kind of stacked up here towards the end, and then like you going to Washington for two days, Everett straight into two days at Tacoma. Uh, yeah, well, that's why we're like hanging out with Uncle Flint because I didn't want to get on an airplane again. Feel like we're in the last ten laps of a NASCAR race. You know, everybody kind of goes at the same pace and circle, circle, circle till you get to the end, and then everybody's wrecking and crashing and trying to. You know, jockey for position on those final few laps, and you're trying to go a little bit faster and move positions. That's that's kind of where we're at. I mean, it's the last few events of the regular season. And I never want to tell anybody how to do our job, their job, or nor do I want to get fired from my job. But I feel like the end should be. I know every sport is grueling when it gets to the playoffs, or and your body's given out. But I feel like the end is. Um, it's tough on it's a war of attrition right now. Like uh, I'll explain Lucas what war of attrition <laughs> mean. It doesn't it's not nutrition, but we're just it's like who survives? 
Well, if you're playing baseball at the end of the regular season, your starting pitchers aren't going out on the mound every day. Right. They're resting up for the playoffs. We're the exact opposite right now. Our guys are are getting getting on bulls every single day almost leading up to the end of the regular season. So yeah. there's no rest for the wicked. Yeah. Then you got two guys on, on the top <laughs> you five don't have in the to. world that are out too due to injury, you know, like Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Lucas? How do you feel? Shit, I feel good, Flint. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at him. <laughs> Shit, I feel good, Flint. <laughs> you know, I'll give you credit. Happy to be here. We gotta give. We gotta. I, I think it's important for people to know. Oh. I think there's f- like people that are kind of funny. Who let this guy but, in the studio? But to to learn a whole another language and be funny <laughs> in the new language, I don't know. I don't know if you're funny in Portuguese, but you must be kind of funny in Portuguese. Do you uh, have friends, Brazil? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, I like to keep it funny. You know, like it's. I, you know, I think it's it's better when you're laughing and just having a good time. You know, who is that? He uh, says he says that I've corrupted him though. Like it, I'm sick of like everybody says I've corrupted you. There's you're as bad as anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not. You're not guys. It's in a locker room. What would you say? Um, listen, it, it's a fact that Lucas kind of has that innocent little. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm new to this country. Kind of thing, and I don't. <laughs> it's not. I don't know. I he pisses me off. <laughs> Him and Kate Harrison they, are so similar, and everybody thinks they're the sweetest, so, just angelic. They're, they're just so they're, nice, and then all of a sudden they flip a switch, and then we see the real version. Like, here's the deal Lucas about, is that guy. About yeah. Lucas is he's always just stirring the pot. But oh, like, he just but walks like around with it. He'll stir it, he's and then he wants to get it. back on your side with something that he stirred right in front, like it. <laughs> He will cuss you in the locker room, and then when somebody else jumps on, he'll be like, hey, Whoa, that's my guy, that's man. Wait a minute. Don't talk to my guy that's like that. C-Web. That's um, Who's the easiest target? Because uh, you are a shit stirrer. Who is, your, <laughs> who is the easiest to get under their skin? When you can see their ears turn red, who's the easiest? Uh, I think Clint. Clint the CA. <laughs> That's the CA. Uh, I'd like to go, uh, if Clint Atkins does watch this episode, Not when you got to the airport in Billings hurrying to catch your flight after the show and your coat and backpack were full of tape. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> but this, you guys are... You guys are at each other's throat all the time. Oh yeah. In a, but you're friends, right? Playful way. Playful, In a playful way. Yeah. Well, but like that's just—I mean, that's it's the locker room. Like that's what makes it fun. But at the same time, like, I mean, what we do—I mean, if I think if you take it overly too serious, then I think things kind of start playing a, playing against you in a way. I really think. I think once you. You know, all week you need to train. You need to be having your mind right all week. But once you get to the event, like, it's time to shut your mind off and just react to what we're doing. So, I know for me, just, you know, you don't want to be overly jacking around. But I think there's a sense of it's so serious, not taking things so serious because you literally need to check check everything at the gate and just react to what the situation thrown at you. There's a method to the madness, though. Not like – now we talk about the locker room like we're having a party in there. It's – it's light, but there's a method to the madness in getting your mind ready. Like, I like it, but yeah, well, I, I, I do kind of sit. I would say if there's one that sits off against the wall in the corner and just kind of takes it in, it would probably be me. Yeah, but, I mean, right. like, there's – for all of us, though, I feel like there's that – like, for however long, you know, for the hour and a half before the show, you know, there is a lot of jacking around, a lot of fun, a lot of laughing. But, you know, when we're in that last – 12 to 15 minutes before walking out, it gets pretty quiet and it gets serious. And that's when you're, mm-hmm. that's when you're turning things on and it's time to go to work. Yeah. I, here in Billings, there was a lot of media, mm-hmm. media request things and it's oh, common. Yeah. And, and no uh, uh, cameras in the locker room. So, well, did that go? when did that rule just well, get thrown I did. out the window? I actually, there was other oh, requests. Oh, he said it the week before. There was other requests and I put, I thinned it out, but it was more of a matter for one, we filmed me putting my makeup on like 
every six, weekend this 7, year. 7,000 times. And I thought, did I did that because, and as, I trusted, there was a couple guys I trusted and they come in, but it, there's never a fly on the wall. You know, cam, people, yeah. guys, hey, we're a fly on the wall. Mm. No, you're not. Plus, then we are, re- then we're it? reserved with what we discuss because there's <clears throat> not even just jacking around. I mean, like, there's things in the show within that are inside baseball that we don't want to talk about around people, but we need to. And so when people are confused, like, why can't I get in the locker room? Well, I don't know. Do you go in the Green Bay Packers locker room right, right before? And and to me, it's the same. For me, it just kind of disrupts the repetition, the routine, yeah, more than anything. The vibe. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> Honestly, there's a vibe. Uh, you guys are throwing shit at each other. He's sitting in the corner, and I just kind of sit and giggle. And we're listening to rock and roll. And he's talking politics. or CA's talking about the conspiracy theories. and whatever it is. We do play some music. Let's have a discussion of Actually, who hates music? This guy. If there's one person here that does not hate me, okay, for our studio audience, we for weeks we played ACDC. And they've been around since the 70s, man. Like, it's great. that's the point of the story. See, young guys, <laughs> oh, it's ACDC, it's vintage rock and roll. And I finally one day said, Guys, I gotta tell you something. I like raised my hand. I said, I gotta <laughs> tell you guys something. I've been listening to this crap since junior high basketball trips on the bus in Montana. I do not want to listen to any more ACDC, please. For a while, no ACDC. First comment out of this guy's mouth. Oh, everybody, Flint hates music. <laughs> no. Uh, what is, so what now is when I say, Luke, play me that song. Remember what song I like? Yeah. Sweet Child of Mine. Sweet Child of Mine. Guns, Guns and, and Roses. roses. Look Speaking at, of. Guns, Guns and Roses Saturday. It's, on. it's Guns and Roses whatever day whatever this day is. is. I right usually now. devote my rock and roll t-shirts to Sunday mornings. I don't know why, but wait, wait, wait. Will you plan this? Yeah. Like so, Sunday morning <laughs> is your rock and roll T-shirt day. Most most of the time, yeah. Why? Just because like Sunday morning or you know it's a late night, it's Saturday tough. night. It's yeah. tough. And by a late night, not like some people would think. It, no, it's I a mean, quick you're just turnaround. Done with yeah, the yeah. show, and then by the time you get dinner, and I mean you try to wind down, you can't. I mean, if you're like me, you can't really sleep at night. So it's like it's hard to go to sleep. You know, you're all jazzed up. You're feeling good. You had a good night. And then next thing you know is alarms going off, Luke screaming at me, and get out of bed, and here we are going to the perf, and all you can live off of is just you know basically a cup of coffee and rock, rock and, roll. and roll. And <laughs> I just think to myself like, man, why can't I get going? Well, like Axl Rose and guys, they didn't have morning performances. They always play at night. Yeah, no, the, but if they, they did, if they would have had a morning performance. They'd have lived on more than coffee and yeah. rock and well, roll. Well, <laughs> they stayed up for days at a time. <laughs> days they would have been we're on the high voltage bullfighting tour, though. And, like, I mean, that's just when it comes down to that, you just got to dig down deep and get the team together. And, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to get a pat on the back, but, you know, I really feel like I, we set the tone in the locker room for you guys. <laughs> I feel like he just took us to church, like bullfighting church. Uh, where? Uh, like, rock on, brother. There you go. So that the you people. You know what I mean, bro? So that the people who have seen us live understand when Clint Hagen says he's the CEO of High Voltage Bullfighting that no one else gets. Yeah, uh, where where did the High Voltage Bullfighting come from? That's your. Is it an official name? Have you trademarked it? Where did it? Well, come from? I mean, it's where. What is this going to be? Stop twenty one going to Everett. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Like it came from. Do you do you ask like Motley Crue like why they write songs like I don't know. It just happens, man. The high voltage song, ACDC. ACDC. Huh? <laughs> Wasn't it? Well, yeah. But, I mean, it's the high voltage bullfighting tour. So, anyways, it's high energy. It's high, it's high energy. energy. And uh, we start and have guys bring it down the vibe. But, you know, yeah, we get it. But it's not Who, just did, high did energy. Did you just point to me? No, I was scratching my nose. <laughs> I don't bring down the vibe. <clears throat> Lucas, would you say what uh, – as I wind things down, maybe even being in the locker room. What do you, when I'm in the locker room, am I like the cr- curmudgeonly old man? Like, that means grumpy. Grumpy old man. 
What do you think? You got to talk to him. What do you uh, not really. If if you try to do, <laughs> be like that, we, we you know like we won't care about it. We're gonna keep doing our stuff. Yeah. You know. You leave me alone. So you're saying that when he's gone, it's not going to change anything? Yeah. That is his – that's that's Lucas Tiador. But we don't let – like, if somebody gets in there and they have, like, a but bad energy attitude. or a bad vibe, I don't care. You know, like, we're going to keep doing our stuff. That was his nice way of saying – Really, we're happy to see you go. Did you no. say Nathan Harp attitude? Yeah. Why are you picking on Harp? Okay. He's the nicest guy ever. So you, like Flynn, he's old and grumpy. <laughs> Grandpa Harp. So you guys have uh, Grandpa Harp, Uncle Flint. There's you guys are solid. You did you uh, go to some rodeos in the winter? Some people ask where you'd been. Um, you go to some rodeos. Lucas is kind of the mainstay. You've turned into the guy that's there all the time. Yeah, and then some other guys rotate in, but it's been it, it has appeared this winter it has looked pretty seamless rotating guys in and out. Am I right? It's going okay. Yeah, it's going good. Every, every guy that's came in, it like have the same mentality as we do, you know, like and pretty handy. Like Bo, he got to go to quite a few, and then all them other guys that that came in, I think was pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the key is you can't really come in to make a statement. You got to come in. If you're making a statement, the statement needs to be, I'm here to work with you guys and do the job the right way. You can't, it's yeah, you not a check the ego at the door. Cause it just, I mean, I feel like when you get three guys together that fight bulls, it, you know, obviously there's a reason that you're getting to come to these events. And if you're trying to be a hero, like it's, it clashes. I think it, it it goes back to the Joe Bumgarner thing, right? And, and I think what's made him so recognizable as being one of the great ones is the fact that he's not noticed all the time. You're not flying through the air. You're doing your job. You're getting the guys out of there, and you're moving on to the next one. And that's what he's done so well over the last few years is step into that role where everything well, is just – I'll well, get underneath a one. Every, every once in a while. When we need to sell tickets. It's on right? purpose. When we need to sell tickets, yeah. you do what you sacrifice. But they're so smooth in everything they do. Yeah. You don't notice anybody, good or bad. Yeah. You, um, uh, through all this, I even watch in the last few weeks, when there's something happens in the arena, you guys will discuss it. And it's a it's a teamwork thing. It's It's about being better. You're not afraid to say, hey, Lucas, here's what you need to do. Because there's times you pick apart, you pick each other apart, right? Yeah, I mean, it, but it, I mean, it goes every direction. It's not yeah. just one way or another. Like, if we all make a bad step, or you know, we we're struggling on something, or we miss that shot, you know, like it needs to be pointed out and it needs to be brought to attention. Because you know, you you are uh, selected as one of the best in the business being here, and obviously you can't prevent every wreck, you can't save every guy, but you damn sure can try. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the whole key kind of behind all of it is that, uh, and you know Lucas coming up like it's there was a, a a time period there where he did have to do a lot of learning and and adjusting to fit kind of the style that we have going, you know, doing what we do week in and week out. What was what was the difference? He says to fit. What did you need to do? Well, to fit better. To me, it was just like when first events I got to go with Cody and Frank, you know, like I just wasn't confident enough on that level, you know, like in the not being aggressive enough. So there's times that I'll, I'll try to keep up with them and I'll just, I couldn't, you know, like, because, you know, like you get to a certain point, if you're not on inside of that bubble, it's hard for you to get in there, you know, so you got to start it right. And, uh, and I think it changed a lot of my my way to fight bulls. Get to work with uh, Cody and Frank. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot with them. Yeah, they've. I don't know. I I've watched through the year mostly confidence in what yeah. he should be doing. Uh, it, it's is but there too, like I just remember Frank yeah. always being like, "Quit thinking, man. Like, quit thinking, man. Quit thinking. Just hey, do baby, it. quit thinking. <laughs> Come on, man. You know, and and that's." Again, I think that leads back to in the locker room. Like, if you're overthinking things and then you go into the arena overthinking things, pretty soon you're overthinking what's right in front of you. I think 
the the thinking process has got to be at home, and then when we get to the event, it's it's all over. But it's time to go get fed, is like Frank would always say. Mm. You know, like we've been all week, we've <clears> been <throat> doing things right. You've been practicing, training. You know, it's time to go get fed. It's time to go eat. You know, and that's that's getting in the arena, enjoying what we do. Yeah. Um. As we, is it harder? You know, we've seen a lot of turnover in riders. And I think you couldn't pick an aspect of production from your job, my job, their job, shoot, uh, whoever's the shoot boss. Every single aspect is affected by bringing in new guys. Absolutely. Uh, Young bull riders. Here we sit. Uh, Here's a young guy. I'm going to back off because I don't know who this kid is. Oh, he looks like Danny Partridge from the Partridge fan, the new kid. Uh, Your guys... What do you say about kid? Do you build him up to a point? Do you, uh, and with you guys, I'll start with you first since you've been talking. Uh, young guys, do you just assume it's going to be a wreck or just is everything the same with every guy? Well, I mean, I think every, every, you got to react to every situation. If you're game planning at all, like we've always talked, if you're, if you're trying to set a trap, if you're trying to, outsmart one of these animals you're thinking and if you're thinking you're a step late and if you're a step late somebody can get hurt very very bad in this sport so like whether he's a young guy whether he's a guy that you've seen a hundred times uh aaron williams you know he's he's a chance to hang up every time he nods his head he tries hard and then and he rides with an american rope but that doesn't change how i'm going to approach that particular ride i mean we have to be on point, reacting to what's thrown at you. Yeah. You guys, it's a little, you know, you and I are probably more, actually, I share a locker room with them, but you and I are probably, our jobs are tied together Yeah, more. I can, I sometimes, if there's a young guy nobody's ever heard of, say his name, where he's from, how he got here. Mm-hmm. And to me, okay, that's all we need to say. I've said for years that the under, at one of the underestimated factors of my job is knowing when situational awareness as Clint says, and he's, but he's right. Yeah. Hey, if it's, if it was JB Mooney, I'm backing off, not saying right. a word. If it's Cooper Davis, I'm backing off, not saying a word. Young guy, if you guys keep going, just so you know, I'll go, shut the hell up, man. Yeah. There's nothing to say. You yeah. know that. It's though. a book. It's a book. JB Mooney has chapters and chapters and chapters of his story to tell. A guy that's 19 that's at his first event, he's on page number one. So why re- why keep reading into that story when there's not a story to tell, get the hell out of the way. Let Brad or Richard play some music. Let's have some fun and entertain the crowd. And then it becomes a reactionary process. If the kid goes 90, we react Which to it. Which we've seen this week at Exactly. Billings. Exactly. Yeah. Who is that? Now he's got the young story. Right. Now he started T- his T- story, uh, T- right? Uh, Turgeon. Brady Turgeon. Brady Turgeon. 90, 90 points. First round win of Danny his entire Parker. career. Yeah. And and I love now, so I'm going to build on that story because the way he got up on that stage and grabbed those monster girls and said, come on in, ladies, and held them tight for that picture. And we almost... See, wait, so, when he does it, he's cute. When I do right. it, I'm crazy. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, it, it's not even just on the microphone because we almost, because Cooper Davis was winning the event and CBS was interviewing Cooper. And for a split second, the thought was, we'll just walk Cooper up to the stage because he's winning the event, and we'll just interview him up there. And in a split second, I said, absolutely not. you got to walk the kid up there. It's his first 90. It's his first round win. He deserves to get that picture from Andy Watson standing in that spot at the end of the show. And so it all happened within 10 seconds of changing a plan to something else to give that kid his moment. So that now we can keep building on that story. Yeah, and they have to be, they have to write their story Which here. Quick thinking yeah. on your part, dude. Yeah, because that yeah. that is right. But it's it's exactly like you guys have. We all have a plan, right? We all have a plan Monday through Thursday of how we're going to do things. But when that show starts, we still have a plan, but we have to react. 
like this weekend, the wrong guys are in line, okay? So we go from going through the scripted part of our process to throw that paper away, look and see who's coming next, and you've got to react. So what you're saying is our riders were in the wrong order for the weird. opening? Yeah, that hasn't happened in... Hey, man. Yeah. Well, you want these guys thinking about this opening? They're here riding the ranks bulls, man. <laughs> Scott Grover, Frank Nissen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I had a, a mom. Baseball. I had a mom, and if she's uh, talked to me, and if she's listening great lady about her son i won't reference name but um she said pbr when he first came around not telling his story not giving him credit i said well you just got here yeah, yeah but he was the uh, junior high national bull riding champion and i said oh you know why we don't say that because nobody cares well there's 40 they, guys that went through all that stuff <laughs> yeah at the end of the day and so we had a nice talk that's about why, it i that's said why you're an ass He's a curmudgeoned old man. That that's I'm see, a realist. I knew it would come out in time on this show right here. I knew it would come out I'm, in time. That that's the locker room. Oh, I don't care. See this? What? Salty Flint. <laughs> Salty. I'm not the thing is, I don't I, I yeah, I'm a realist. I Okay, great. So speaking of people telling us things to say uh, in Billings. I am at the fence and an older guy had a vest on. This is our experiences of what we hear. Calls me. He's standing on the fence in everybody's way. Like this. I gave him that. Hold on. Hold on. Thinking, I'll turn, watch one bull. He'll be gone. Shh, don't look. He'll be gone. And he stood there. So I walked over to the fence. He said, you need to have that Justin McBride. He's a world champion. You need to have him take a bow for this crowd. I said, I have not seen Justin McBride. I, it's been weeks since I've even seen TV. Right. He goes, well, hell, they're sitting right up there. Points to where they... <laughs> I said, what I'm saying is, I, I, I don't... He can't I don't, I don't have a direct communication line so to Justin McBride. That's where the story gets better. I turn my back. Guess where he went? Right up to us. Right up in the... In oh, the security was so tight. This guy came straight out of 1968 with his black leather vest up the stairs into our VIP area where the lady that's in charge of the dirt suites had no security, apparently. But anyways, <laughs> um, he walks right up between Clint and I, and I just kind of look. And if you walk up to Clint Atkins in the middle of the show, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he, I just kind of look. Hey, playa, playa, listen, listen, playa. And Clint like looks at him, and I was like, well, that's a mistake. And so he goes, hey, Justin McBride's sitting right up there. You guys should acknowledge him. You should say that McBride's right up under that big TV. And Clint goes, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 oh, okay. He walks away, and then he comes back. Hey, do you have a direct line to, to Justin McBride up there? I, I need to tell him something in his ear. Needs to tell him something. <laughs> oh, now he needs to tell him. And so then I pull out the great Justin McKee line from the unforgettable movie Painted Hero, where he says, what the hell? Is that, <laughs> and then Clint is just, that the, that's the movie we're talking about. Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I swear it's got a vampire in it. You know he fights bulls in a Tulsa driller. There's something weird. Baseball jersey. That, that, you know that, that movie has scared me. It's great. Yeah, so the guy, he wanted to, he needed he to needed talk to, to Justin McBride. So Justin McBride, if you're watching, there's I a guy in Billings. Phone number. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's funny, though, that it, to me, you know what that says to me is we are used to going to cities where people are used to going to pro sporting events where they just know you don't yeah. go beyond your, that line. Montana's full of small rodeos. Everything is... Accessible. I'm not saying that as a negative. That's that's what endears people to Montanans and Montanans to Montanans. Just like um, on Yellowstone. Yeah, just like on Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah. So same he thing. just, it was a say, he just went to the announcer stand to tell him, right. you know. And, and that's, we get in this groove of going to these big markets where people kind of know better. And Montana, it's just things. But you know Montana. what's going to bother me billings. about that? Yeah, it's billing. Probably going to spend the rest of my career Wondering what was so important that he had to tell Justin McBride in his ear. Boy, nah, they, well, they don't ride like you used to, kid boy. That's probably what he wanted to tell him. <laughs> Honestly. Like, you could come back from retirement and still make the finals. These old boys right here don't stand a chance back in these riding. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Good, top, good topic. I've talked about it. Um, I think there is a new realization that that's not. 
I know a lot of people watching. Well, remember the night at World Finals when there was 11 90-point rides? Remember, you could, I'll tell you what, that bodacious, that the, it's not real. Okay, we better, I have people tell me, you know, back in those uh, early 2000s, those boys rode way better than these guys. And I say, you know, I was there, right? I've been, I've been to all of them. I'm an eyewitness, but, and we're not, I don't believe at this table. We are the type that we're the young guys. We see it now. It's way better. It's just reality. That's not accurate. It's evolved. Yeah. Everything's evolved. And I mean, like being, being a kid growing up watching the PBR, like it, seeing JW Hart, seeing McBride shivers, you know, I mean the whole the whole entire history of it, man. Like I was, it's all I wanted to be a part of. It's all I wanted to do. But like now that I'm sitting where I'm sitting, and and I get to see these caliber of bulls week in and week out. You get to see Jose. You get you know, like we're we're witnessing history, but yet it's still like it it. There's some kind of cloud that just hangs over the back how we used to do it, and it's like man, like it's. I, I, Jose I, was 98 points. Yeah, like, I don't think it's fair to say that they all feel that way, though. No, 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 no. 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 There, there's a lot of people that, that are, like you said, they're realistic, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and not to discount anything that ever happened before the last few years, it's just different. It's Major League Baseball. The pitching is different. Guys throw harder, more consistently. You're looking at mm-hmm. those at those great athletes more consistent, and that's what we're seeing in the Bulls. How, how you more guys announce consistently better? How everything, you announce is different. Everything is well, different. How I do my job. I'm that's way. Right. Yeah, where's his yeah. baggies? That's what I want to know. Yeah, right. Baggy jeans. World I know. Finals. Where are they? Um, uh, no, no, I no. don't even have any. Uh, okay, so instead of saying, "No, the Bulls are just different now," it, it's just better. I'm a, I'm a believer in if you're going to debate something or give a side, you have to have some specifics. You can't just say, oh, it's just better. In what way? Uh, I'll start. I believe the difference in watching a video of a bull now, a whoopa, uh, uh, whatever, cool whip, even riding solo when he does it yeah. well, compared to even a little yellow jacket, who I've always said is my favorite bull of all time. I'll pick one trait that's different. It's the breakover, kicking, and extending here instead of here. The bulls spin, but there's a breakover where they're here. Yes. Am I? That's what I think. And would you say I'm pretty accurate? There? Oh, it's it's not only that; it's the whole entire page. I mean, just the pure athleticism. So yeah, so you, that, now you of, talk about it. Yeah. Of everything, I mean, like when you're sitting there and you can feel through that dirt, that bull hitting that ground and hitting and getting and going up, like. It's a whole different game, and it. I mean, it like you said, and when you when you talk to the guys that don't have the ego, that don't have like Frank Newsom, for instance, you know, like he's like, man, his his bulls just hit harder, you know, like they. Frank would know they're a different animal, <laughs> you know, and that's yeah. I mean, and not dissing on anybody or anything. It's just that times have changed, and and either get with it. it's like social media like you either get with it and you you change with it and you evolve with it and use it as a tool or you're going to be left in the stone age yeah i mean it's give or take what uh, there was uh what was the bull that jess lockwood rode a couple times that one season uh heart heartbreak kid heartbreak kid yeah wow 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 Thanks for the in-studio audience. The one time he rode that bull, he said when that bull would push off the ground, that his back muscles were so big that when he'd flex, it would pop his legs wow. off the side of him. But that's how, that's how muscular yeah. that bull was. Yeah. And it's, that's just different. I but the, the feeding program, too, you know, like it's, it's better now, you know, like they're – the way they they feeding those bulls are. Well, HD Page has changed the game. I mean, yeah. there's people that own bucking bulls all over the country that order and get their specific ration of feed out of Stillwater or uh, Davis, Oklahoma, and have it shipped to where they're feeding their bulls at, whether they're in California or wherever. Like it, they they've formulated their own 
feed for these bulls. Yeah, you're not feeding a beef bull. No. You're not feed, that's different. And that, that's something that's just come around within the last, I'd say, 15 years. I'm just sitting here thinking, like, I, I, I look at the past generations, and, and I'm a, I love J.W. Hart. I think he's as tough as any guy that will ever compete in an arena, ever. I love Chris Shivers. I think he could get on today, put him in his prime, put him in there today, he contends for a world title. I think Michael Gaffney looks as pretty on the back of a bull as anybody ever will. But the difference to me is look at Jose's approach. Look at the approach of 30 of the top 40 guys in the world what they do Monday through Thursday. The business has changed. They're spending more time working out, trying to get their bodies in their peak performance. They're spending more time paying attention to what they put as fuel into their bodies to make sure they get the most out of it. The game has changed drastically, no matter what anybody wants to say. You have to be able to compete with your competition. It's not just the other guys in the locker room anymore. you right. got to compete against an athlete that has evolved exponentially over the years. Go ahead. What, well, what? to me, like... A, Wait, did he just say go ahead and then start go, talking? Go, yeah, yeah. yeah, go ahead. You but go ahead. That's like the two eggs, one extra egg thing. It's... <laughs> Will you shut up? Or... <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Lucas. So, like, to me, like, back in the day, all the, the guys, they came from, like, a background where they, they're cowboys, you know? Mm-hmm. And with social media and everything, there's, like, got bull riders that they never probably got on a horse and they're riding bulls you know like and mm-hmm. so they're more like on the athlete extreme side. sport yeah, yeah you know and the, that that's i think the difference is too when you were talking about the bulls they're bringing every week it uh it even gets to the point we're bringing too many and now some people say well it's against the pbr's philosophy to tone down the bulls you're not you can kind of spread them out because even hey, speaking of Jess Lockwood, I brought him up. I talked to him not long ago, and he said, from the first year I came on the scene, so that would be 16, 16 17. 17, until right now, completely different. He said, now the long round bulls are what I was getting on in the short round. That's a matter of five years. He said, it's completely different. Yep. It's a... Uh, well, now you throw the ABBI in there. Classic bulls. Cool. Yeah. Number one bull in the world. In the long round? Kidding me? You know, Flapjack, number three bull in the, in the world. Number one bull in the ABBI. Things like that coming in as classic bulls. These bulls are so much better, so much younger. That as yes. three- and four-year-old bulls, they're contending for a world title, but they're still competing for prize money in the ABBI. So you're seeing world championship caliber bulls in the long round, and that's unheard of. In the long run? In the long run? From the road crew? Lula, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and I don't like you sneaking your, your boyfriend, boyfriend on, on my bus. bus. Greatest movie ever. <laughs> That's the greatest terrible movie ever. It's the greatest movie Comment ever. below if you know what movie we're talking about. Comment if you below. Don't, just comment below. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get an L bar yeah, in here? Give me an L bar. Give me an L bar. Lucas, a lot of people, because, uh, and you've seen it, You've seen it a little. We all four of us have hosted Q and A's, so we're the ones that do get feedback mm-hmm. because we're the ones people see. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people ask about rules, uh, think we're biased, whatever. They ask a lot. We don't think it's fair. The Brazilian riders get put on the shoot clock more than the other guys, and my answer always is because they should. Not in general, not a generalization, but the ones they pick. We know it's a fact. A lot of the Brazilian riders take longer in the shoot. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference in bulls? Is there a difference in pace of a show? Why Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think they just come with a bad habit. You know, like uh, the bulls in Brazil, they're not that hot inside the bucking shoot. So they'll kind of let you do whatever you want there. And here, if you're messing around, you're going to get your knees mashed you know like your foot and so i think it's just like a it's just a bad habit that they kind of maybe lack because jose jose's fast super quick maybe a lack of confidence or something like that you know and uh but i i think some of them take take longer than 
and the other one. Yeah, and I've I've noticed there's a few of them, kind of the younger guys coming over. They'll get set and they'll see the clock start, and they know that bull's going to stand there. And that. Well, like Ed Ward was one of the fastest guys in the locker room. Yeah, Eddie's one of the fastest guys in the, the entire exactly. locker room. Exactly. So it's it's a, yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you this: if you think it's it's you know just a certain group, go back and watch Billings, Montana, because there was a lot of guys get put on the clock on that mm-hmm. on that one side. And I sat and watched. Like I made a, I started noticing. I was like, oh, and it, and it was very consistent. I felt like it was quick. But it was consistent. Same all the time, and that's the key. Uh, any judge, whether you're in a timed event at a rodeo flagging the steer wrestling and flagging the calf roping or flagging the breakaway, you might flag it a little different, but if you're the same every time, yep. same with the shoot clock. Yep. Um, say what you want about Donald Owens putting him on the clock fast, but he does it the same every time. Did you know whose side I was looking at this week? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, no, I, I love it, but, like, he was consistent. With everybody. It did not matter who was in. I saw Cooper Davis get put on the clock. We never see Cooper Davis get put on the clock. right? No, but he's pissed when he does. Well, but I mean, (laughs) but like you just never see that. So that tells me there was some consistency across the board, and I would not want to be a judge no matter what. You couldn't pay me enough to be a judge. Well, but like, and but I think too, like, I think the, if you were just in a normal scenario where you're just, you fire off 40 guys. Right. Like there's no TV commercials, there's no breaks, there's no, uh, you know, sponsorship ads, whatever we're trying to do throughout the night. Well, so if you just fire off 40 guys, well, then, like, the timing will change considerably on everybody. But the fact that we go to a three-minute break and then we come back and you're, you've got a 45-second hit to get ready and then you get in there and you mess around in the shoot, well, like, at some point you have to remember this sold-out crowd is here to see a show. So, like, you – there's pieces of the puzzle. You've got to you've got to cut out yourself sometimes of going, well, you know, no, maybe just just hustle a little bit more because we've already been on a three. The the crowd has been sitting here for four and a half minutes already, mm-hmm. and now we're going to take this much longer to get out of the shoot versus just firing them off. I think that's it, the biggest problem uh, with our uh, industry right now. Sorry, go ahead. No, I I think we're on the same page. I I think. Every other pro sport, because of years and years of serious big money TV coverage, the athletes are aware that, yes, we're in a business to compete and win, but we are in the entertainment business, and they've adjusted a little bit where rodeo and bull riding, there's big money in it. And, and they, we're still growing. Yeah, and TV can call the shots, and you, we are in the entertainment business. Yes, you want to win. Yes, you want to do it right. However, there's been a real pushback in our industry about, hey, you got to hurry because we're on TV. We here to ride bulls or we here to do a TV show? Well, both. You want to keep making that money uh, yeah. to ride bulls? Because it's coming from TV. From TV. So yeah. I think there's a balance. How many years yeah. did we set in meetings and go, of course, TV calls the shots. Of, oh, course, of course. Until yeah. we start moving over to the other side and recognize and we learn the business listen side of it a little guy. bit more. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. listen to Cody Webster. He now does some TV yep. and understands the marks we're trying to hit and the window of... of Hey, we only have a two and a half hour window here. We want to get you. We're doing this for you. Biggest problem with our industry as a whole, rodeo, Western sport, whatever you want to call it as a whole, everybody wants to grow, but nobody wants to go through the growing pains. Nobody Mm. wants to understand that. I I always say there's, it's a puzzle and there's different pieces of the puzzle. There's the bull riders, main piece of the puzzle. To me, the bulls and the bull owners, another piece of the puzzle. Can't forget about the fans. But then if everybody wants to get the most out of their experience, we put all the other pieces around it, which is mm-hmm. production and the crew and everything. But at the end of the day, we all have to be on the same page to get the most growth out of it. And we forget about television sometimes because yep. we yep. look – it's that immediate reaction. People bought a ticket to come sit there, and we want them to just immediately be able to get that reaction or whatever that is. But – Without going to commercial breaks, there's not millions of people sitting at home yep. wanting to buy tickets the next time you come around. So I have an important individual in my life, and I won't say who he is. You want to tell her? Tell us about no, her. It's, oh. Oh. But an NFR person whose the whole rodeo existence in his life is the national so, finals. So like, you think he might ever try like going at the NFR? Like. Shut up. You? Yeah. <laughs> you should so, rodeo someday. So this guy, who's a big wig, and I won't, but the NFR is run as fast to the point it wears me out. Mm-hmm. 
they make a hundred and some runs in two hours and five minutes. And so when he comes to the PBR, he says, TV kills you guys. Like, no, TV pays for us. And it's a different fan base. Or he says, yeah, but you guys go to these three, four-minute commercials. But our fan base comes and sits down with the expectation of three- and four-minute commercial breaks. Right. If we, he said, you should run them straight through. I had an individual, he was, works the ABBI, he's within the system, tell me the other, within the last two months, TV, why don't you just run them straight through and insert those TV commercials? I said, hey, Joe Bumgardner, that's not where it works. <laughs> so the lack of not, that was somebody helping do one of these events. And TV doesn't kill us. We have different expectations. TV pays for everything. And it, it goes back to what you say. We want to grow. I, I've always joked. And I, we're not trying to make this a negative. No, no. It's, we're picking apart yeah, how yeah. to. Um, I've always said. People always want cowboys to make more money. But when they make more money, what do they think of those cowboys? Sold out. Oh, I want to sell. You know, he's try hard before he made money. And on the other hand, let's go the other side. Cowboys, my famous saying, not famous because nobody else knows it, but to <laughs> me it's famous. Cowboys wanted to want to be treated like professional athletes until, until they get treated like professional athletes. It's true. Will you come and sign these autographs? No. Well, we show no, up at 7 a.m. to do on. TV. No, which, uh, not all. Again, it's a generalization, which isn't, well, I'm not trying to do that. But yeah, um, big news. Anybody outside of our telecast doesn't know who you are. So we're trying to make, let them know who you are. Yeah. So it is, it, it, it works both ways. Yeah, uh, it, it absolutely, and it's all positive, yeah. right? I mean, it really is all positive. And even, even the curmudgeoned old, people that don't want to give in to the fact that we're growing and we're trying to get mainstream. And if you don't go through those things that you're not used to, you know, what is, what's the old saying about, uh, you can never grow within your comfort zone. Like you've got to get out of your comfort zone yeah. Well, for years and years and years. It's all happened the same way. Well, this is how we've always done it. Okay, cool. You want to make $1,200 to go to a bull riding in Billings, Montana. That That's great. But if you want to make 40000 50000 60000 these other things are going to have to yeah. come into play. How about if you look on PBR posts, they'll post a ride. Still to this day, somebody comments, I thought cowboys wore cowboy hats. These guys with helmets, I'm not watching. Well, you didn't okay. ride these bulls and you didn't ride for fifty grand. It, there's, it's still out there. And you're sitting on your couch watching on television, not putting your life on the line. So shut up. Jeez. Jeez. Oh, Golly. Oh. On the other hand, yeah. On the other hand, when we have I had a there? we have had a record-setting winter and spring, fall, winter and spring, because we started. Who knew? What so our season started Thanksgiving weekend, Tucson, Arizona, and we were like this, <sighs> and then. Some of us went for two weeks to Vegas to the National Honor Rodeo while there was two more. We go to Tucson with a little bit of our a chip on our shoulder. I remember when we came here before, it was no good. Who would have thought we'd go to Tucson and sell the place out and have a great show? And it hasn't quit. Been like that all year. It hasn't stopped. Like It's growing, and it's awesome. Uh, I have two... I have two reasons. First of all, there's that deep reason that I've talked about that it's really cool to be a cowboy right now. Mm -hmm. The Western lifestyle. And you know why? People didn't used to want, yeah. Well, but that's part of a bigger picture yeah. because it didn't used to be cool. I remember growing up around the mountains and Glacier Park and people didn't care. That was just something you might visit. But yes, the Yellowstone and all those TV shows, but that's that's from the bigger picture of... The country has grown so far away from how this country was built uh, in agriculture and cattle ranching and wheat farming. And we've gotten so far away from it that now they've gotten distant from it. And they're doing this because they crave the Western lifestyle. They crave it in Europe. They crave it it's freedom every, everywhere. Yeah. And you know why? Because they've gotten away from it and they're clawing their way back in. All those TV shows are a part of that. You've been to the Calgary Stampede a lot. Everybody Lots. goes and buys a cheap cowboy hat and a, a white, pair of boots. A white straw hat with a red band. And they show up, and they for two weeks, they get to be part of the cowboy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. 
and it's accepted. We have kind of pushed that away a lot. You know, oh, well, look at that hat. It's not a real hat. Who cares? Now everybody, it's a novelty, and everybody wants to kind of be a part of something, something that they think is cool, right? Mm-hmm. You know I mean? And, and and I love it. I love seeing somebody that just showed up with a pair of boots they bought at Boot Barn yesterday. I, I think it's cool. That's because paying the bills. Because, That's who's well, growing ev- our sport. Everybody at this table, though, everybody here, when we were kids, what did you want to be? You wanted to be a cowboy, right? So who are we to keep? Anybody else from any other walk of life from wanting to do the same thing. Yeah. So Fallon Taylor, who isn't in the public eye as much anymore, but I thought she was a really influential figure in rodeo on really speaking her mind and dressing flashy and telling the people that, and so many people didn't like that she dressed flashy. All you got to do is throw something new. Funny, uh, um, Rocker Steiner at the NFR. Yeah, I disagreed with him yelling the F word. Everybody thought he said the F word. He didn't. He said it to a judge. That that was the difference. But otherwise, he's a good kid. The, his hair, the, the exact things that people were on him about were the exact things they were on his dad about when I was at the NFR. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. But Fallon always talked about, we're at a rodeo and these g- girls come in in their Daisy Duke shorts and tied up in these, their Toby Key straw hats and rodeo people make fun of them. Why would you make fun of somebody that bought a ticket? It's supporting your livelihood. Makes no sense. I like it. When we go to, come to New York City, when those guys show up, and this year and last year were amazing. They have the designs on the shirts and a straw hat, and they're brand new. Good for them. It's such, it's so funny. I like Like, when they brag about, did you see my cowboy hat? Well, it's a hat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you got a hat. You like my cowboy hat on? <laughs> well, it's on backwards, but it looks really good. I love that you're trying. Man. <laughs> love, I love it. But we do. It's cool. And then, like, they boo you, like when you the roper misses roping the bull, or they boo you because you bucked off, or like they're sports fans. They're yeah. sports fans, and that's a different crowd, a different market. That's freaking cool. I remember. I love it. I remember the first or the earlier years of going to New York City and. One guy'd buck off, then another guy, then another guy. They about four bulls in a row. They buck off and they start booing them. That's bullshit. That's not the cowboy way. Hey, it's sports. New York sports. It's uh, sports. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's uh, it's interesting. But we've had amazing winners. So back to what the original winter and spring, which has really made this year for me fun. <laughs> that it's going out on a high note, you know, it's kept me hooked. Cause I was, yeah. that's part of my decision to not keep going. I'm having trouble staying hooked like emotionally in the motivation that helps a lot. We've had so. a lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun all year. We're going to miss you, man. Wow. We're, are you crying under there? <laughs> well, I'm wearing these shades cause we're going to miss you. Uh, look. <laughs> Come here, get up here closer. Get up here closer. This is the uh, Luke and I'll be in the locker room. And I'll be... <laughs> <laughs> the quivery chin. The qu- people listening to just audio are going, "What the hell are they doing?" <laughs> you know, like when you get get after him, they just start. <laughs> <laughs> we we kick the dirt. <laughs> uh, like we'll be we'll be in the arena like. In a harsh moment or something, and like big save or something, and you look over at Lucas and he's going, <laughs> the chin quiver. I'm about to cry. Look, he did it to me. Uh, it was in Billings, you did it to me. We did something, and Lucas, something, and you stared at me, and, <laughs> and then he kicks the dirt and walks away. Oh my gosh! Uh, I told you guys this earlier before we were recording. I had some good friends come to Billings that. Really had never seen me work. I, I'm discovering that I have a lot of friends and family that through about 30 years of this, they might have seen me at a rodeo in 1992. But through it all, they ha- I have family members. I had some cousins there that really had never seen me work. My Two of my best friends in the world came. They'd never seen me work. And one thing they loved, they were sitting right up by the chutes, and they, they're both coaches traditionally. And what they loved was watching these three guys, the bullfighters work because they could see that they're, you know, they're very aware as coaches that everyone has a place to be. 
it may look like mayhem to everyone else, but they watch those places to be and the, the eye communication, the body language, that's a big part of all sports and coaches. So they pick that out. But then every once in a while, I walk up to them and chip on them and we all laugh. And they said it humanized the sport. They were so thrilled to see that and it brought them joy to go. They'd be locked in, locked in. You'd kind of take a break and you'd come up and hit one of them on the shoulder and we know, they know me. And ever, all of you would laugh and throw rocks at each other and then back hooked. But you got to humanize it. Remember you used to do the Tin Man with me? Oh, yeah. Used to. It used to back, you know, curmudgeonly. Yeah. See? But it is. You, hey, man, I did it, some, it, it I lets did some your old mind. school rodeo comedy this week at Billings. You did some comedy. Which one? Uh, what? Uh, one in like... <laughs> I don't know, the first night when we rode one bull and, I don't know, like you threw the hat or something or, oh, I, I knocked the barrel over because you, you threw the hat and about hit the guy roping and oh, that's I knocked right. the barrel over. I hit the, I, no, I hit his horse. And right it happened here. to be like the moment that I said, hey, quit messing around. It was, was when the music was really low so the whole crowd heard <laughs> everything I said and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so then I had to go along with it. Then we just kept going. Yeah. <laughs> that was road, that was comedy. That's man. rodeoing. It's comedy. That's comedy. Not, that's rodeo a style. strong word. Uh, uh, not a capital C comedy. It was a little C comedy. <laughs> I thought it was good. It was. You've been good. There's times, but you got people love seeing that. Let's to see you guys joke. It humanizes. You do. You're good. Look at. Are you? Do it. Hey. Hey. You can't. I'm ready can't for lunch. <laughs> I've had enough. You Flint. Uh, no. Look at him turn. He's bipolar. Yeah. You won't be saying that when we're in Fort Worth on that final day. He'll be the exact opposite. He's just going to want to hug you all day. Please don't leave. Please don't leave. Uh, I'm going to cry. I'm going to. Even though Flint's, like, hard to get along with and, like, sometimes he's grumpy (laughs) in the locker room and stuff like that, you still just want to go over and pinch his little cheeks. I about (laughs) cried this weekend because in the the beginning, beginning of the show, the first time we introduced, I've never seen that. First time we introduced him. They didn't stand for any of you guys. Um, I introduced <laughs> him. No. Uh, yeah, they cry. did. I said, please I rise. Coming, don't it. cry. No, but every time, He's every emotional. time we introduced you, I will be in Fort Worth. I promise you. Standing ovation. I've, but, com- I've compartmentalized but, it all yeah. a little bit, I think. I don't to. know. There's details to come out that we can't talk about right now, but Flint's not leaving. I'm not. What? I'd, there was a fan commented, oh, it's April Fool's. Why the hell would you retire in April? Some guy seriously huh? said, this isn't Mark even marketing. accurate. Why would you Why would you retire the middle of April when it's the busiest part of the season? That's dumb. Why would you announce an April Fool's joke in February, dipshit? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that. it's funny. The, yeah, I've learned who reads headlines and who reads articles. Speaking oh, of headlines. Speaking. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so a local, and I don't mean to, it wasn't, first of all, I should have made this clear in the arena because I felt bad. Very good friends with uh, award-winning, he's an award-winning rodeo writer, Joe Kuzak, who my parents helped him get familiar with the sport here in Billings. And he wrote the article. He didn't write the headline. Right. Everybody thought I was giving him a bad time. But just when you think, okay. just when you think you're big time, a local Small town newspaper says Clint Rasmussen on his way out, getting Clint, ready. Clint oh, Clint. 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 Oh, Clint. Boy, it's good to have Clint here in it. Yeah. Just when it, and it didn't bother me. I kind of chuckled about it. I screenshotted it and saved it to was show it, somebody. Was it that same guy at the, on the airplane? That, oh, Clint. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that story. The drunk I, guy. No, he was a big guy, real loud guy. Um, Oh, Clint. Oh, we're sharing stories, aren't we? And I don't remember if I've ever Guy told this Billings, story. Montana, that Clint. Yeah, so I'm on this plane, and I can, I kind of had ear, I was watching something on my phone, but I could hear the guy talking. He was talking politics. He was a big, booming voice kind of guy. Flight from DFW to, to Billings. And um, I could hear him, but I, I we land, and I take my ear deals out. and We land, and I... Reach, stand up in front of him, and I grab my backpack out and set it there, and it has Rasmussen on the tag. Rasmussen. Yeah, yeah. So, there's a famous, like, rodeo guy named Rasmussen in Montana. 
said, oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. No, no, I'm pretty sure. And uh, he said, I think he's a clown. I think it's that Clint Rasmus. Clint, I think his name's Clint. <laughs> said, yeah. I think it's, I don't know, I think it's Flint. I said. He goes, mm, no, rodeo clown, it's Clint. <laughs> <laughs> and we're having this conversation. In the meantime, he's loud enough. Half the plane is looking at him, looking at me, and they catch on. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Clint. And I said, you know, I'm pretty sure it's Flint. Well, what What are you, some kind of stock contractor or something? You a bull owner? No. Well, what do you do? You got a cowboy hat on. What do you do with the rodeo? I'm a rodeo clown. <laughs> and he said, uh, what's your name? Flint. <laughs> and he said, his eyes got big, and he said, you're that guy? Uh-huh. And he said, well, hell, maybe I ought to just get your autograph. I said, you would have got my name right. I'd have given you my autograph, and I got off the plate. He was arguing about my own name. That's uh, funny. You know why? He's probably from Texas. Can't tell him anything. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, rest of, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, by the time this airs, we're uh, through a couple in Washington. Physically, everything, you guys good? Yeah, I feel pretty good. I, uh... Yeah. I knew I I, le I left you hanging yeah. out there. Yeah. You're okay. You guys haven't had anything. There's something every show. I know Billings. You kind of limped around. I kind of watched you for a minute. Make sure you're He's okay. Always I was always limping. Yeah. He's always limp. Ben, mm -hmm. <laughs> you feel all right? I mean, yeah. I mean, the difference in fighting 500 bulls and 5,500 bulls. Yeah, there's just a little bit of a difference. But yeah. Yeah. How do you feel? Feel good. You you look good. Thank you. Wrangler photo shoot recently, right? Fake horse. Is it, okay, tell us. Lucas, um, I have a good source that says Lucas. Not a fake horse, a stuffed horse. <laughs> what? I, but I, got, I have, I with have a, it with on. A, with, a, with a fake backdrop. <laughs> well, did they Let's walk see it. too? I don't know. Oh, here we go. Does fake horses walk? That's so. not only Not only that, but look at the picture. Did you see his gloves? No, I have not seen gloves. any of them. even working in those gloves. Well, they're in front of, take like a dirty gloves. To they're in front of the green screen. screen. <laughs> when we're done here, you got to give Logan one of these pictures so people know what we're talking about. Look at that. See, I have it on good authority. Horse. I have it on good authority because I am the father of girls in their 20s. They have informed me that Lucas is pretty easy on the eyes. Oh. That is. So, a Wrangler photo okay. shoot, did you enjoy that? Yeah, was I it enjoyed good? it. It was, the place there was beautiful, you know. Like, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Yeah. yeah. It was cool to be part of it. Did you do anything with your shirt off? No. No. Well, yeah, it's, it's a Wrangler tomorrow. <laughs> Dang. It, no. It, it, it Damn it. Fall and winter. It so was, it wasn't. Did you do any shots in denim? No. Yeah. We know what that does. does. Hey, Lucas well, in denim. Thanks for coming to the denim. Just make me look good. Makes me look good. Okay. So as we head into the world finals, we'll we'll do the it's not generic, but we'll go around the room. Uh Matt West prediction of Maybe some interesting things at World Finals and who is going to be the world champion. If Cooper Davis wants to, if he if he shows up, has fun, and if he's healthy after this weekend, Coop can win this thing. I really do believe that. Healthy after this weekend. If he's healthy after this weekend. Um, man, it's so tough. It, it's so tough because so many guys are hurt. Yeah, oh, okay. and, and it's hard to without – a report on Jose Vitorlemi. Yeah. That's hard. Yep. It, I don't I haven't heard a word. You? I just it's it's hard to bet against that guy though. It is, but a growing injury, the way the Bulls are, I just Donald Owens kind of talked on it. He, he said that it seems like once you once you tear your growings or once you damage your growings, it's something that doesn't ever just completely go away. Mm -hmm. And that's that's coming from a guy that rode bulls, and don't again not debating, but 
bulls that we're not cool with, not flapjag. And when we get Domino. to world finals, yeah. and it's instead of being five rounds, it's seven rounds. Uh, I think that's the game changer when it comes down to who our world champ is. I personally, I don't know how far Kaiki is out of the out of the race, but that, he's winning. He's yeah, he's the number. One. Thanks so for paying attention. This sorry, season. that's he's, he's the number one. He's guy. the number one guy, and, and he's I, the healthy. He's, he's the only healthy guy. He's he's built for this. He he has been there. He's done that. He's seasoned. That's my money, man. It's you. I'm with Cody. Yeah, on Kaiki because he's I, looking good, you know, and then he. And I've known Kaiki since he started riding bulls, you know, and he's he's focused. Yeah. I think he's – Tis to lose. Uh, I said it in Sioux Falls, South Dakota on the pre-show. Remember when I popped yep. in and Kate asked yep. me and I said, uh, Kaiki Pacheco with Jose Beecher and Lemmy out. Kaiki, if he can take advantage of, of Jose being out, Kaiki's going to win a second world title. That was I called mm-hmm. it a few weeks ago, and I'm sticking with – I'm, I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. So – Yeah, way to go with the easy pick, everybody. Yeah, look at he's the number one guy. I, yeah, I don't I know, like playing that game. I like Cooper Davis so much. I want him yeah. to win. I but I feel the same. I, way about I don't Andrew know if he Alvedras. cares if he does. I, I like Andrew Alvarez. Dalton, uh, you know Jose. I, I like you could throw any if of those Dalton, guys into if that. Dalton one didn't get wiped out and have to miss these Holy last crucial cow. four events. I think. Yeah, I think it's a whole different topic right now. Put Dalton Castle in the pin in Billings where you're just throwing. Fire breathing dragons at him because when he gets on those rank bulls, he's a monster. It'd have been a, have been a game changer. He, it's different, and again, man. Another injury. Yep. You're talking torn ligaments in your knee. You're talking a, a fracture in the bone. Yeah. Uh, the fracture is going to be healed, but the ligaments are going to heal somewhat. But they're still going to be. I mean, he's got to have surgery when I think finals is over. But again. It's something that your knees, man. It's all whether part you're of the in the shoot, whether you're hitting the ground or you're riding, just the strain of, of bearing down with your legs. Or dancing. It, well, or dancing. You're right. Yeah. Um, speaking of health this year, you don't have to talk about, but we were worried about you early in the year. You missed some shows. So yeah, we're all glad. Good. That's always a scary. That that's the c word. It's yeah. scary. I mean, Not the was, bad C word. Don't, it was damn don't sure say that scary, one. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like anything. It's like a bad bull. and just had to get in front of it and deal with it. And we're good. And God willing, we're going to keep rocking and rolling. I think you and I are a little like just talking to you that I remember when I had heart issues and everybody go, oh my God, you must have been so scared. And I wasn't scared because in the moment you're just taking on what's put in front what of you and it just next? didn't really again it's compartmentalizing the emotions of it and just yeah. whatever and that's how you've yeah yeah I, I rolled with it and then like i was pretty tough through the whole deal but once i got my last scans in and got the last blood work and all that like and got the word that i you know things were clearing up uh that's when it hit me pretty yeah. hard you know yeah. and that was you know mid-february you know well after surgery well after quite a bit of time there so uh uh, I got to give a shout out to Ashley, my wife. She's the one that really uh, kept everything together through the whole deal. Yeah. She's she's the trooper. She's cool. She's awesome. We're not even going to make any jokes. Okay. Yeah, we're not going to no say we're not going to say that we had a ball here today or <laughs> we're half nuts for you. None of it. You're <laughs> you're being quite <laughs> testy today, man. Are, I'm ten. Are you? Am I being? T- <laughs> I don't know. That was pretty ballsy of me to say it here. But what the hell? What the hell? That's why we love you. <laughs> Glad you guys uh, came. Thank you. Uh, lunch. Thank you End for staying. Thank you for staying uh, around Billings. It's a thrill. Thanks Honestly, for, it's it's great to have you guys stay with me. You. And thanks for yeah. giving me this to do instead of spending my anniversary with my wife. I appreciate. Thanks. it. Yeah. Well, be Uncle Flint. Yeah, we'll keep up with you. I'll say I love you guys, man. Like my like uh, long lost brothers that I never had. So, <laughs> thanks you guys. Appreciate you.